We're four rounds into the 2021 season and pretty much still have no idea who's winning on any given Saturday. But I know one thing, and that's that my punting partner loves an early season hot take prediction. So with me to break down the first month of footy and to try and tip nine this week is the punting prophet and the people's coach, Big Bustling Baz. How you doing, mate? It's been a stressful Tuesday, but hopefully you're ready to talk about some AFL footy. Yeah, mate, I am ready for some AFL footy. We've had enough of uh, the Vaffa this week, so let's get into the AFL. Other than that, I'm pretty good, mate. I hope you are too. I'm all right, mate, but I can sense that you're highly stressed, and that's because, obviously, (laughs) a big night in the uh, Community Football League, but also a stressful time to be a Pies fan. Coming into a crunch game this weekend, Bucks is under the pump, and uh, we're not going to talk about what you need to do to fix Collingwood. I'm going to talk about something slightly different. This week's Coach's Corner question, Baz, is this. How much change is too much change? And so everyone is saying that Bucks needs to change everything. You need to blood youngsters. You need to rebuild. Or he just needs to go. But literally everything needs to change at Collingwood. How, about how much is too much? And what should they do? I think you, uh, you don't want to change too much, definitely. You, you, you can change like four or five players, probably not in a week. As we know, we've, got, we've done stats on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you increase your losing percentage by a lot if you have more than three changes in a, in a weekend or in a game, in a round. Uh, but I reckon there's definitely a few changes that need to be made front half, especially maybe in the midfield. Uh, I, I don't like everyone saying Darcy Moore should be going forward because our back six is pretty settled and our back six is our strongest point at the moment, like our strongest thing on the field. And it's you know, something you can write home about with, you know, Quainer and Noble, Roughhead, Howe, Madison and Moore. I think that's a pretty solid back six and it's probably kept us in games at, point, at times this year. Uh, and I, for one, as a coach, I like to keep my back six pretty settled. I think the more settled they are and the more in cohesion they are, the less likely there is to be issues down back. Definitely need more pace through the midfield and definitely need to change up our forward mix. But uh, I don't think you need to change too much. I think you can see... Clubs like Port Adelaide, Sydney, uh, even Brisbane to a certain extent have done it pretty much through one draft. But the difference with them is they've they've gone out and played those kids straight away. So Sydney are playing these kids straight away in their first year. You know, Rose, Butters, Dersma all got games in their first year when they got drafted. We haven't really seen Collingwood throw McRae and, um, you know, McHenry and uh, McInnes and stuff like that. So Henry into the, into the games yet. I mean, we saw on the weekend... The player made his debut and we've seen, uh, you know, how hungry he was for the contest, how much pressure for him later, a lot of bone-crunching tackles. I think oh, I just think we need that youthful exuberance back in the side. And, you know, some players like you know, Josh Thomas and Will Oscar Elliott and, you know, Greenwood, we, I think we know what we're going to get from them and we're probably not going to give us any more. So I think it's time for to play some kids, whether they're ready or not. And if they're not, then that's fine. Get them some experience as long as we don't ruin them mentally and uh, just see where we're at. We're not going to, we're not going to win a flag this year. Let's put it that way. We're not going to, we'll probably struggle to make finals, which is always going to be the case this year. And now it's just up to Bucks, whether he wants to hang around or whether we go grab Clarko, Sammy Mitchell or uh, someone else. So a couple of things to break down there. You understand because as much as you are a Pies fan, you're not a complete enough enough it's okay probably not to play finals this year. You've reconciled with that before the season started. But if and when Collingwood does miss, is that an automatic Bucks has to go from the general Collingwood population? 
I think the general Collingwood Nuffy fan says yes. I, 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 think, I still think he's a good coach. I just think he hasn't got the cattle. How much he played a part of trading in Dane Beams and all those sorts of people and getting us to the point we're at now where we had to sell his slash and the way the board handled it, maybe mate, the way the footy department, we'll never know how and who handled everything. It's all a bit of hearsay, hearsay. Maybe in a couple of years, a book will come out and we'll find out. Um, I reckon he, I reckon he feels a bit betrayed by the club as well. Something like Buckley's pretty, he's pretty clever with his words. He doesn't usually mix his words. He's very well spoken, but I reckon this year he's kind of like been a bit more reserved and not as forthcoming in his press conferences. And even at the start of the year, he said, "If I'm not the coach here, you know, who says I might, even, I might not even be the coach here? I might not want to do it myself," kind of thing. So. You know, saying things like that worries me a little bit. Um, there's not a full buy-in. I I wouldn't mind if he stayed on. It wouldn't really phase me. I'd want some, maybe some fresh assistance. We've had a lot of the same assistant coaches for a while with Har- uh, Robert Harvey and the likes, uh, Sanderson and that. So maybe we need some fresh fresh voices, a bit like what John Lomar did with Don Pike. So uh, you know, if it's Bucks, he goes, I'd, I'd probably much rather go for a Sam Mitchell or something like that. I mean, I'd love to have one year back because he's a god, but um, or Stuart Jew. But we won't be able to get them. So I'd much prefer someone like a Sam Mitchell or someone in that sort of ilk. Um, you know, he's coaching Box Hill now. He's been under Clarko. He's been at West Coast. Pretty, two pretty successful, pretty well-run clubs. So uh, I wouldn't be going after a, a Clarkson or a... Uh, bloody, uh, what's his name from the ex Fremantle coach, Ross Lyon? I wouldn't be going for those. Yeah. You want some of a bit of flair and a bit of new style uh, football yeah. smarts then. If you do go down the new coaching route then, then how many list changes can you can you make, do you reckon? Will it be a wholesale list change or will it be one or two? And I say that because, as you mentioned before, like week to week we said three, four max. That's as many changes you can make, otherwise you you lose. And I think that actually plays out for season by season as well. Like the teams that have gone into massive slumps, so North Melbourne, Adelaide last year, is when they have huge turnover in their list. I think too much change, as we said, is is not good for next season results. So what would you do then? Like, Is the coach more important or is getting more youth into your list more important? I believe that next year's draft for us is pretty important and I reckon we can, we can nail it. I reckon we've already nailed this year's draft, to be honest. Um, Obviously, we haven't seen those players yet, but they're all pretty highly touted. And according to most um, recruiters, we, we won the draft. So, I mean, that can hold us in good stead. We've obviously we've still got some pretty good young talent. I mean, Brody Grunny's not that old. Um, you know, Quayna Noble, Darcy Moore, um, Magnet. Like, we've got a lot of t- young talent. There's still a lot of young talent on that list. So, if I mean to be brave, I, I still reckon we should have got more for Trelaw and um, Phillips and Stephenson last year. Which that, that's like, I, don't, I didn't care that they went, and you know that. And people listen to this podcast, and I was more pissed off at what we gave up and what we're still paying. Uh, I wouldn't, I would, you know, if, if I'd be aggressive this year, it's me a decent draft. I'd be like, like, all right, what can we get for Grundy? What can we get for the Goey? Um, and you know, maybe you know. Probably too old now, side bottom, but maybe see if anyone wants to throw us something for side bottom or and just like look at what we've got in our list and maybe what's for value, even a Cox, and see if anyone will take them. Because I don't see Greenwood or the and the Goey isn't consistent enough for mine. And if we can get, you know, a 
couple of years of first round picks for him from a club like North Melbourne, then that sets you up, doesn't it? So, I mean, we've got Will Kelly still, hopefully he's right and he might play next week or week after. And Murphy, hopefully gets through his injuries and can play some more games. And, you know, Rusko, we've seen enough of him, I think. And, you know, there's still some other kids there. And obviously, we get Nick Dacos next year. He's an absolute god. So. There you go. Changes galore and uh, good news, but not for this year for Pies fans. A couple of years away, another two or three years. Just be patient. Just be patient, Pies fans. You're renowned for your patience. So good luck I mean, to we, you all. It could be worse. You could be a bottom feeder like North Melbourne. You could be a hack of a club that hasn't won anything in your whole, its whole existence like a St Kilda. But, you know... You could be Carlton, you know, just always around the you know, around ninth or tenth and never win anything for another. You could be Essendon, haven't won a final for fifty thousand years. But we're not. We're Collingwood. We won one in two thousand and ten. We've been pretty successful most of the way through two thousand and two thousand and ten. So just be patient, people. It's all right. Just be patient. We're going off to the stock market here for some buy, hold, and sell action. Slightly different though this week. We're going to go through the top eight in reverse order, and you have to tell me if you would buy, hold, or sell on each of those clubs and why. And we start, of course, with Richmond, two and two in eighth with 102%. Richmond, we're definitely buying. Definitely buying. You cannot not buy on Richmond until they absolutely can't win the grand final, which is probably about if they lose a preliminary final this year, having to go back to Port Adelaide probably. So absolutely by them. Carlton are seventh, Baz. They're two and two with a percentage of 103 by hold sell. You'd be selling, but you shouldn't have bought them anyway to begin with, but you'd be selling. Not not impressed by their two and two in the top eight? I don't know if you watched any of that game against Gold Coast on the weekend and, and what they did up the week before, but no, no good. No, it is interesting. So everyone tattered that they were like here and ready to win big after they scored 100 points against the Dockers. The rest of their scores, though, however, this year have been 80 against Richmond, 85 against Collingwood, and 70 against the Gold Coast, albeit in difficult conditions on the weekend. Yeah. And um, they don't do well against transition teams, so just pencil that one in for their preview against Port later on in the pod. Older list as well, Carlton. Just people forget how old their list actually is. Yeah. One Sam Walsh, a young team, does not make. Six Baz is West Coast. They're also two and two, 110%, so slightly higher. Buy, hold, or sell on the Eagles. I was a bit surprised on them on Saturday with how quickly they got blown out of the park when they were just in control. A bit worried about uh, their leg speed, a bit like maybe a bit like Geelong. Um, but I'd definitely be buying because they play enough games over in Perth and they'll be back to their winning ways this week. I have no doubt. Oh, I've got lots of doubt about that game, but we'll get there eventually. I'm a, I'm a hold on the Eagles. That's twice this year they've kind of dropped games that they probably could have won away at Eddie Had. Do you reckon they're mentally weak? It's either mentally weak or they don't have a plan B, but it's some like, I think against the Doggies, it was they didn't have a plan B. I think against the Saints, it was a bit, I don't know, mentally weak is always a, a big call to make considering we have zero intel into these insides of these clubs. But the documentary did show them that they really did struggle with adversity last year. And so perhaps that it's, that's the case. They need to be front runners. Fifth, Adelaide. They are three and one with 108%. Are you going to ride the Adelaide wave or are you going to sell stocks while they're high? Uh, I'll be selling them because uh, they've had a pretty good run thus far with who they've come up against. And I think they got lucky with one or two as well. 
that's a it's a weird weird team because everyone's talking about how great they look going forward and that's true they score 53 percent of the time they enter inside 50 which is absurd it's 10 percent higher than the afl average um they also let about that much scoring go against them as well and when they play some properly good teams they're going to get beaten up pretty heavily in defense i mean so. i mean north north were ahead of them at three-quarter time that says a lot i reckon says a lot also says a lot that they ended up winning by 40 points. So, you know. Again, it was north. So. Yeah, exactly. Into the, uh, some of the better teams now, Baz. Port Adelaide, three and one with a percentage of 122. Are we just buying all the Port stock again this year? We're going to be the sole major stakeholders of Port Adelaide stocks? Uh, no, I'm selling. You're selling on Port Adelaide after a win? I reckon Dersmer and Butter outs, Butters outs a massive outs for and I don't see them replacing either of those two with what they've got on their list and what they provide. And it could be it could be the difference to them finishing top four and top eight. Can I push you for a hot take prediction here, Baz? Are you saying the Port will miss the top four? Uh, these two injuries out, yeah, I reckon that when they play the other better sides, that these two players out are big losses. You have Orazio now, who's a bit sore. He'll probably play on the weekend still, but a bit sore. And I just reckon, uh, yeah, the, the injuries might hurt them finishing in the top four. I wouldn't write them off as a premiership chance because anyone getting a good run in the, in the final four weeks of the year, but I reckon it's going to really hurt their top four chances. There we go. I'm holding for the injuries. I'm not selling yet, though, so I'm not as... Not as uh, ready to to bail on them as you are. Sydney, your team, four and zero, Baz. They are hunting five and zero for the first time since 2012, the year they won the premiership in Longmire's second year. Their percentages are whopping 133 and a half. I presume you are buying more Sydney stock. Oh, yeah, buy, buy. Just give me more. Top four? <laughs> it was funny because after we watched the game, we were watching the game on uh on Thursday night and a few of us said this and then it was repeated a few times over the radio and TV over the weekend. The SCG doesn't suit their style of play. No. There's not enough room for them to play with that kick mark, quick uh, short kick because it's too congested. So the few of the Sydney home games could actually cost them here. They might want to play away more often. So buying now and they're going to sell probably mid-season still. Are you still expecting the young team to climb? Not really. I think they'll still finish in the top eight. They've had go. too good a start not to finish in the top eight. You only need 10 wins. Surely they win six from here. I think 12 this year is the number, given how well teams have gone. But, yeah, same thing. They need another eight wins and they're there. Which does mean, Baz, that this next one's a big one. Melbourne are second currently. Fox footy is in going into meltdown. They cannot push out the headlines hard and fast enough. Their best start since the mid-90s. A percentage of 138.2. Are we buying some Melbourne stock bass? This is really tough for me. I can't, I can't, I just can't accept that they're any good. They're saying all the right things, they're doing all the right things, and it's actually scary. It's actually scary. And um, you can't even say they haven't beaten anyone yet because they, they have. Yeah. They've beaten the Giants. Again, they're not great this year, but there's, they're still a team that's decent. They beat Geelong so, on the weekend who are decent to good, if not very good. I want to see them beat teams they need to beat. So they're coming up this week, I think, against the side they should be beating. So they got Richmond and Anzac Eve. No, that's that's their that's biggest the, test. No, they got Hawthorne this week. If they beat Hawthorne, a team they should be beating, then I'll probably buy a couple of little stocks, small investment. I can see them winning this week 
And then going into the Anzac Day Eve game and everyone is just like, oh, here we go. It's the grand final preview. It's Melbourne and the Tigers. It's the benchmark game and they just get walloped. And uh, life goes back to normal. Yeah. So I'm Hopefully, holding. I, I, holding. I, just hope they lose in, I hope they lose the next four, to be honest. It'd be funny. Just watch them all go into meltdown. And finally, Baz, the Western Bulldogs, 4-0, 171% mental. Are we buying up on the Bulldogs or do we not trust that game style yet? Still don't trust that game style. We're going to sound silly because this is going to be 2016 all over again. But it, it, it doesn't, it won't work. Well, see, it won't see, work. The thing is, the game's starting to come back. So all the stats last night on the couch and that was showing the game slowing back down, more congestion. Um, teams are moving the ball slower again, less scoring from back half, which says that, um, yeah, that it's all coming back. So so there's a couple of interesting things about their game style, Baz, that just won't add up. They are the lowest metres per disposal team. They're the lowest kick to handball ratio team. Um, they're the lowest rebound 50 team too. So all the rage on all the TV shows this week was the fact that when they do get found out one-on-one in defence, they're not very good because they don't have any key defenders. That's also not so much an issue, but there are a lot of things where they're the best at and the worst at. So it's very easy to look at halfway mark of the season and be like, cool, we're going to face the doggies in a qualifying final. We're going to face doggies in the prelim. Here's how you beat the doggies. Like they're, they're not a team like Richmond. They're not a team like Port Adelaide where they're not the best at something and the worst at something that's a clear one-style game plan. The, yeah, Richmond, Port are the two teams at the moment where you kind of go, don't really know how you beat them properly week in, week out. Doggies, it's like you bring that pressure. Like you got to suffocate that handball, that forward mentality, and that you and you'll beat them. You And they've been beatable throughout periods this year. It's just to their credit that they've ever run teams so far. Yeah, they've only had, I think, the least amount of one-on-ones in their defensive half, which was 38, and they've mm. lost 30 of those. So I think teams will definitely try and start isolating their defence because they don't win them very often. So if they can figure that out, then I reckon, yeah, they're going to be in a bit of trouble. The other two things of concern for mine are actually positives at the moment. So their inside 50 efficiency is 48%, which is absurd. Um, that's a good 5% above the AFL average. And that will probably have to regress, which means they're not going to be scoring as highly, obviously. And the other two is that they're number one in clearances because they're number one in center clearances. And yet again, I think that's a center clearance is, is easily the thing that you can go and try and say, all right, here's how we protect that as soon as we lose that clearance. Let's give them the center clearance and let's protect and not get scored against. Things that you can kind of circle very early in the season to go, cool, that's a stoppage play, that's a stoppage play. We can, we can work out how to beat this this side. So I think, as is always the case nearly, the early season front runner is not going to win the grand final because he gives opposition too much time to work out how to beat you. And also remember, they've had a later preseason, a smaller preseason. Teams are going to uh, start peaking a lot later this season. So peaking into the first six weeks won't win you a flag. But it might win you around five game bats. And that's what we head yeah. to right now. We've got some pretty good games this weekend. That's the best thing about close football and weird things like Melbourne being in the top four is that we don't know who's going to win week in, week out. 
makes our job very difficult, but makes our viewing enjoyment a lot higher. And we'll start on Thursday night with St Kilda. After a barnstorming 31-point deficit turnaround against the Eagles, they take on Richmond at Marvel Stadium, Baz. My big question to you, though, is have they burnt their emotive card a week too early? Is the come down going to happen against the Tigers? Just to come back from that is a massive effort in itself to will, will yourself and, and do that. But it also sets the standard now. Like they can't they can't drop from that. So I, I want to know what, what got them going midway through that third term. And I, I want to know how they can all of a sudden lay those tackles considering that the two weeks before they were horrendous. So I'm, I'm quite um, interested on how they how, – how, what, what St Kilda shows up, to be honest. If the St Kilda of this last quarter and a half shows up, it's going to be a cracking game and it's going to be an intense physical game and the ball's going to be fine end to end and it'll be great to watch. I reckon Richmond are in a bit of trouble. But if they don't, then we're just going to see Richmond. Now, Richmond have lost two in a row as well, which you don't, very, you don't see very often. So Richmond kind of need to start winning games just to keep their top four hopes alive. So it's going to be a really good game. I just have a feeling that Richmond might just come out and a uh, bit of a bit of a touch up here. I'm in agreeance here too. So it is Jackal and High with the Saints. You don't know which one you're going to get. So against Essendon, their pressure factor was 153. That's that Fox Footy stat. That's the lowest ever recorded since around 11, 2019. But against the Eagles in the second half, it was 220, which is like absurd. The highest thing we've seen in the last four years. So. I don't know how you can predict which they'll bring against the Tigers, as you've said. The other thing is that how do we rate their centre bounce and in general their stoppage set up, St Kilda? Because as much as we don't give him credit, Nankervis, although he didn't do it against Port, has been fairly handy at hit out to advantage. He's up there with Nick Nat for hit out to advantage, which is the rock stat as compared to just hit outs like your Yankee Brody Grundies. Well, Ryan Marshall is a massive interest in Kyoto. Like that, that helps a lot. But obviously, his centre bounce, they've got Brad Crouch, is a bit of a bull. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't rate the centre clearances. I rate the more scores from centre clearances because centre clearances can mean nothing really. Mm-hmm. It's the score, scores generated, I think. Um, St. Kyoto scored a lot off memory from turnover against West Coast. Uh, I don't, you won't get those turnovers from Richmond either. Do you know if Vlosten and McIntosh are back in this week or? It has not been confirmed as of yet. I know it's Tuesday night, so it's a bit early, but because that'd be massive ins as well. I, I just don't see Richmond St. Kilda's four line doubling up what they did last week again. I just can't. Baltimore uh, blanket king, and I just reckon that, yeah, I, I just don't reckon St. Kilda will be able to score enough. And I don't reckon their midfield is as strong as what Richmond, and Dusty's been quiet as well. It's just it's just built up from those games where you see Richmond come out and just go, hey, we're still here, we're still breathing. I know we've lost the last two games, but this is a Richmond that you should just remember and uh, don't get too complacent because we've still got another flag to win. Yeah, it reeks of some Melbourne Storm against a, this year's up and comer or a, a Patriots of old against the old up and comer. Where everyone goes, no, nope, this is the year that they're done, and they come out and they make a statement. And uh, yeah, I mean, Green's there. And I've got some interesting quarter-by-quarter stats, but we'll save that for the feature bets at the end of the podcast. 
Friday night, Baz, your game. So you've cleared your schedule and hopefully you've stuck the uh, remotes in the in the uh, cupboards and any other throwable objects have been uh, hidden away for this week's Friday night match between West Coast, $1.33 favourites, and Collingwood, $3.37 outsiders. The line here is an unflattering 22 points, Baz. They're obviously playing in Optus Stadium. But I am just taking myself back to the elimination final, Baz. Okay. This is basically the same thing. It's basically the same thing. Everyone put a line through the pies. Everyone said it was West Coast to take, and you guys went out there and proved a point. Why can't you do it again? Because we're no good. Um, I'll watch the game, and I'll be fine on on Friday because I know we're going to lose, and we're going to get pumped. But good to see it'll be good to see Finn McRae and Bo McCurry go it again. And uh, yeah, that's it. I just I don't have anything to say. West Coast win by about forty to fifty points. Kennedy will kick a bag. Probably Darling as well. Oh, actually, no. Nah, yeah, Kenny will kick a bag. That's about it. Uh, hopefully, Fine Ryan gives us some highlights for the game. We'll be pretty boring and dull. I reckon that's about it. That's all I've got to say. This is yet again another one of your classic Moz, Moz predictions. You know, I think you're not quietly no. confident of a of a Collingwood comeback. Mate, I know exactly where Collingwood are at, and it's not it's not with beating West Coast and West Coast after they gave up what they did last week. West Coast will come out and absolutely flog us. I promise you that. The, the line should be 50. Fair enough. It's hard to argue with a West Coast win. It's very hard to say it's going to be like 50 points. Not a, not a chance in the world of that. But, yes, hard to see the Pies getting it done two years in a row. This one, given on how you sold so much stock of Port Adelaide just, just prior on the podcast, is an interesting one then. So, Carlton, $2.18 outsiders at home at the MCG against Port Adelaide $1.69 favourites. The line here is just a goal. The over-under is one seventy. Now, David Teague has taken and said to all fans, we want to fill the stadium. You couldn't fill it against the Pies. You want to fill it against the Power instead. Are you ready to trust the Blues to win against a wounded Power Baz? Well, they need a scout. They need a scalp. They're going to be the team that everyone says they're going to be. Then they need a scalp. And Port Adelaide is primed for the taking here. Big bruising game last week. They had lots of niggles, lots of injuries, lots of blokes, but very, very sore. They're going to have to play again this week. Carlton played a pretty soft sort of game up in Gold Coast. If there was ever a week that Carlton were going to knock off a big top four side, this is the week. And if they don't do it, then they might as well start their rebuild again. I know they've got lots of injuries. And all this sort of stuff, all these sort of excuses, but so do other teams who aren't making those excuses. So look at Jerby West last week. Port Adelaide, they're dead set prime for the taking. They got themselves up for last week, Port Adelaide against Richmond. And we know how what happens when you get yourself up for a game. Generally, you come back like a bit like Sydney did last week after Richmond, a bit flat against Essendon. They'll be a bit flat. Port Adelaide got to travel, injuries. Carlton, it's all yours for the taking. So are you tipping Carlton? No, I'm tipping Port. Yeah, same. Absolutely. <laughs> no way I'm tipping Carlton in this. And three big stats. Three big stats here. You've got, you've made, that was beautiful. Round of applause. The big bustling Baz. But um, post-clearance pressure for Carlton is the league's lowest. We know that Port Adelaide love it in the trenches. So that's not a good start. And we also know that Port Adelaide love transition football. And so at the moment, the Blues are ranked 16th defensively for conceding marks inside the opposition's inside 50. And they 
I concede 31 points per game for opposition's defensive midfield chains, which is ranked last. If you like to score from back half, Carlton is the team to do it against. And that's exactly how what, it, what, it, what is one of Port Adelaide's many, many strengths. So they've got some depth. Yes, they've lost some big players. But, you know, spoiler alerts, ladies and gents, the Blues aren't a big ticket team this year. They, they are okay. They could play finals. But even with a couple of outs, Port should be too good. On to the upset alerts, Baz, and it starts with the 20th Battle of the Bridge, which seems a bit speedy. So Sydney are $1.46 favourites against the Giants, $2.75 outsiders. The line here is three goals, the over-under 174. And it is at the SCG, Baz. And if we learned anything last week, is that the Giants don't mind a bit of lockdown footy. Will the actually will this be actually a home team advantage to the Giants on the smaller, more congested SCG ground? Well, I think it, it suits GWS and it suits their bodies. Like we saw on the weekend, the slower, the more congested it was, the more they came into it. When Collingwood paced on the ball, they kind of struggled a bit with it. Um, I, I can't think Sydney win this, but I'm for this reason that I don't think Mummy can get back up again. And there's a few other players that. Uh, play out of their skin that are a bit younger and for GWS. So I don't know if they'd be able to back that up. But I do I do worry about Sydney because they've won four in a row and they're still a young side and they weren't great last week. They still got over the top and oh, I, just, I just struggle to see where GWS kicks their score from. Because even against Collingwood, GWS, they, they wanted to keep it 70, 70 to 80 points. They wanted to keep it because I knew if they went head to head, they were going to lose. Sydney aren't playing like that anymore. They, they, they're going to score. So unless somehow, yeah, even though, because Port did slow the game down, they put numbers behind the footy. It was kind of boring to watch that first quarter. But if they do that to Sydney, then it definitely brings it back. But I, I still just hope that Sydney can break it down. But I wouldn't, I'm going to tip Sydney, but I can see GWS getting up here and banging two wins in a row. But, um, Surely Sydney at the job done here. They're a bit more professional. Uh, and just they, they, they would have watched John Lomner was a good coach. He would have watched what happened last week and just made made reference on it. And I reckon Hickey's gonna be too good for whoever rucks for for GWS because I don't see Mummy getting up for two games in a row because he was absolutely gassed at the end of the last game last week. And this is like the opposite. So Carlton put Adelaide game was saying, you know. Port Adelaide are there for the taking, but we can't trust Carlton to do it. Here, it's like City's probably there for the taking as well, but um, you, you, can we trust the Giants to do it? And again, it's going to revolve around three or four players carrying that team across and the, and the Swans having a bad day out. And they probably had their bad day out last week against the Bombers and got away with it. So Green will need to kick box seven. Mm, which he is capable of doing, but... It's going to be against all the rest of that, all the rest of his team. So Mark's inside 50. The Giants are ranked last. Scoring from transition, they're ranked 17th. Um, points from center clearances, they're ranked last. They've they lose a contested possession count as well because they don't have that many inside players. So all of that leans into Sydney's favor. And meanwhile, Sydney are fast. They are polished this year. They like to score. So if they turn up, they win. So probably tip Sydney. Another tricky upset game, in my opinion, if you buck the trend of home and away, 
is the early Sunday game. So Adelaide are $1.65 favourites, which is a ridiculous thing to say out loud in round five. Fremantle, $2.24 outsiders. Adelaide Oval, one goal is the margin. 175 is the over-under. And from 0-13 and 13 last August, Baz, Adelaide are now find themselves 3-1. and one. And That'll be 4-1 and one as well, so... So we're just going to say Fremantle travel, they can't play Space Jam, loss of powers type stuff. I know they had a better at home, but Fremantle, they're still so ordinary. <laughs> they, they're, they're getting there. They, they're so close. They're, they're, like, they're, just, they're, just, they're like half a step behind. Like Some of their decision-making, ball use, kicking at goal is just bad. But the kicking at goal has to get good eventually. That's just, teams just regress. They, they regress to the mean. They just have to get better. Brisbane and Doggies haven't yet, but I'm not, I learnt my, I learnt my lesson after tipping Gold Coast a couple weeks ago at Adelaide Oval. I'm not doing the same again. And uh, yeah, I'm tipping Adelaide. I think, don't, let's not overcomplicate things here. Adelaide did trail to North Melbourne at three quarter time last week. Yeah, and they won by four, 40 points. And Tex Walker is playing unreal football. I just like what's about Frio. I like their defensive intent. I like their defensive setup. This team, Adelaide got held goalless by North Melbourne. Therefore, Frio should be at a stranglehold on Adelaide. You, you tip Frio and I'll tip, I'll tip uh, Adelaide, mate. Yeah, I think I might be doing that. I think <laughs> I might be doing that. And on to the tip and forgets to round out the podcast, Baz. And sorry to any team that gets lumped in the tip and forget. This obviously is an opinion-based as well as you know analysis-based podcast. So, you know, if your team gets up and causes an upset that I didn't predict, well, you know, you can tell me about it on Twitter. It's at Hunter G Meredith or at WATOS Pod. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback loud and clear. But uh, doggies versus sons. Doggies are a dollar thirty favorites. Their sons are six dollar outsiders. The line here is thirty six. That's six goals. They're playing at Marvel Stadium early on a Saturday, hidden away. Is there any reason that Stewie Jude gets the boys up to beat the top of the ladder dogs? No. Nah. No, nah, there's not. No, nah, they're, they're, they're playing too defensive and they're not there. I, I don't know what's going on there. They should be. They should have won a couple of games and they haven't. I know Wits is a massive out as well. So they don't really have another ruck room. They've got no tools. So, mm. yep. Um, you know the dogs... And- Dogs have a rock as well. They have a rock. They have key forwards. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's very strange areas, but doggies will win and win comfortably. Mm-hmm. Next. Yeah, absolutely agree. The late Saturday game, Baz, is a very harsh tip and forget, but I am not buying in to Bombers if you lose admirably. I don't care. So Brisbane are $1.29 favourites against Essen. $3.64 outsiders. The line here is... Four goals. The over under 175 at the Gabba. The Lions did it tough. They left one and one. They're going back home. Surely, back in their home comforts, they turn on against the Bombers and they win by a comfortable margin. Yeah, the Bombers have been good for two or three weeks. They're a pretty young side. First time tra- traveling, I think, together, probably, I think, off the top of my head, apart from round, one, uh, round two, was it? I'm just off the top of my head. But I know they're going to Brisbane. I reckon Brisbane will win pretty comfortably. They're going to make a statement that's sooner or later. And if they don't, then Brisbane are in a bit of strife. Yeah, they are. One, one and three is not a good start to try and make funnels. And it's definitely a very, very tough to make the top four from here. And you want to be making top four if you're an interstate side because it's your number one trump card. So 
I, I think the only saving grace for Collingwood next week will be if Brisbane lose or Geelong lose, but I don't see Geelong losing, so... Speaking of losers, we might be losers here if the result goes the right way in this one. Sunday at 3.20, the primetime afternoon game. Hawthorne are $3.80 home dogs at the MCG against Melbourne, $1.27 favourites. Four goals. Also, here is the line. Now, Baz, can Melbourne just win against themselves? That's all it is. It's just not losing to themselves. They haven't drunk any bathwater this year. They haven't said silly things like, oh, we're going to win the flag. We're going to finish top four. Can they be trusted to do it a professional job against a team that they should walk up and just beat comfortably? My worry is that all week or today, yesterday, they've potted Hawthorne saying they're a bunch of B-graders, which I reckon Clarko will be using that for a bit of ammo. Um, Geez, I'll tell you what, if Melbourne lose this, Watch them spiral out of control. But they should be beating Hawthorne. I've watched them against Fremantle and they can't... Yeah, they're, they're, what they've been saying the last two days is correct. They're well coached, good good desire, good effort. You know what you can get, but they just lack any skill and polish and A-graders. So Melbourne have plenty of them and should get the job done. Yeah. This might be the year we have to jump on board Melbourne at some stage. And to uh, round out the podcast and round five, Baz, is a game that probably just doesn't even need to be played. Geelong are $1.03 favourites at Kadidia Park against North Melbourne, who are $12.50 outsiders. And the line here is 10 goals. Is that all? That's all. 10 goals. This is a club that loves to beat up on sides at Kadidia at the late slot on a Sunday. Shout-outs to Melbourne. That used to be you, losing by 200 points. Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane got done out there a bit. Yeah, that, 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 that line is very generous. I didn't have a crack at that. That's ridiculous, Baz. You have a problem. If you're hitting 56-point lines... They win, win by 190. Probably will. They probably will. And then everyone will say that Geelong's fixed and they'll finish in the top four, which they also probably will. So there you go. They won't be finished in top four. Anyway... Just tip Geelong and don't even bother watching the game. Just go straight to the bounce afterwards. Yep. Set your alarm for where it would be, 7.30, 7.45. Roughly. And uh, there you go. I don't wait for Fox footy, so they're not getting any free plugs off. Into everyone's favorite segment, Baz, the Greenback Boogie. You got a hundred bucks to spend for round five. You need to divvy up between a best bet, a value bet, and a roughy bet, Baz. So, what action do you have going on this week? Ooh, good question. Um, I really like Adelaide at the line, seven and a half points. I'm going to plonk 50 on that one. Lovely. Um, and I do have a rule about not betting on two shit teams, but. Um, I just think Adelaide is still way, way better than Fremantle, even though they're three and one. Can you still call them a shit team? I'm not sure, but I'm not, I'm, yeah, whatever. Um, and then I just think that Toby Green has to kick goals for Sydney to win. And I reckon he's going to get his opportunities and at four or more goals at $3.50. I'm going to put 20 on that. So hang on, time out. You're putting 20 bucks on Toby Green to kick four or more goals for the Giants. 
but you're still yep. tipping Sydney. Yeah, well, think about it. He's just like last weekend. He's, he's the only the only way they're going to score is if he kicks a majority of their goals. But he kicked the majority of the goals last week and they won. Yeah, but they're not playing Collingwood. Collingwood are trash. Fair enough. And then West Coast forty plus at three dollars. I believe I've got. I think I've got twenty five or thirty left. Whatever's left on that. There you go. Um, I'm going back to my quarter by quarters now. We've got four weeks of footy in. That's a, approximately 100-odd quarters of football to, to play around with. So uh, here we go, Baz. Best bet is the Doggies to win the first quarter by nine points or more and to win head-to-head against Gold Coast. I'm putting uh, five units on that, so 50 bucks at $2. Uh, West, uh, Western Bulldogs are let, yet to use a, lose a first quarter this year. And... Um, Gold Coast has been outscored by two goals per game in clearance chains, and the Doggies are the number one clearance chain scoring team in the AFL. So it all spells up to a big Doggies win from the first quarter onwards. Value bet is Richmond to win the first quarter by three or more points, to win the fourth quarter by three or more points, and Richmond to win head-to-head against St Kilda. That's paying $3.50. I'm going to put 30 bucks on that. Richmond are yet to lose a fourth quarter this year, and St Kilda are yet to win one. And we're expecting a big... Richmond bounced back after a tight loss last week. So expect Tigers go to woe there. And my roughie is all about the battlers, Baz. So I'm taking the Giants at the line at plus 15, Frio at the line of plus seven, and Hawthorne at the line of plus 23 because we do not trust those Ds. Everyone covers. That pays $7 and putting 20 bucks on that. Just on the Toby Green one, Dane Rampey's also out for a period and he would have gone to... Toby Green, so I don't really have a matchup for Green now, so that's even more reason for him to kick more snags. There you go. Green to kick snags, but swans to keep on flying high. Thank you very much, the people's coach, Baz. Ben, it's been a stressful week for you, but good to be back on the hot mic with you, giving our hot takes, some analysis, and, of course, our best bets. And uh, enjoy the weekend. Hope you get a win into the uh, coaching column. And uh, no, Colin doesn't give you too much suffrage. 